You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, it's Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneurs Podcast. Today, we have Trish Marmo on with us. Uh, Trish, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you, Katie, for having me. I'm super excited to uh, chat with you today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, so tell us a little bit about you as a nurse. What kind of of nurse are you, and how'd you get started? Yes, uh, so I will be celebrating my 30th year. Yay. <laughs> uh, as a nurse next year. Yes. Woohoo. <laughs> uh, so uh, I originally started out uh, as a critical care nurse in the cardiac ICU. And uh, probably at the midpoint of my nursing career, uh, was working per diem. And so I floated to Uh, just about anywhere in the hospital that they needed me. So I was on uh, med surge, um, antepartum, oncology. Oh, well, that is pretty broad. (laughs) Yes, I did. Um, I worked in a swing unit, uh, which would take overflow for post-surgical patients. Uh, So a little bit of everything. And I absolutely loved it. I loved the challenge of having to rise to the occasion and think on my feet. Uh, In many cases, think outside the box. I'm sure you're familiar with uh, sometimes uh, when there's staffing issues, you have to get creative uh, about how you manage your patient load and what resources are available to you. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. And then uh, toward the end of my time in the hospital setting, I switched to uh, mother, baby, and newborn nursery. I was uh, incredibly interested in that time in um, pursuing um, a career as a lactation consultant. And, uh, and then my life took a little bit of a detour. And so now I am here in the private sector. So um, did you ever become a lactation consultant? So I did uh, work for several years. I had my uh, own business as a, uh, as a lactation uh, coach, and I did help women. I had an in-home business uh, where I would go specifically to uh, new moms' homes and help them with breastfeeding as opposed to having them come uh, to the uh, hospital environment. And that was incredibly rewarding. And uh, I was actually looking at that time to stepping in and taking over the lactation program at our local hospital, had interviewed for that. And then we found out that uh, my husband um, needed open heart surgery, emergency open heart surgery at that time. And so I stepped away uh, from that opportunity, which was uh, really difficult to do. Um, but it was the right choice at the time. Um, I have five, had 
five small children. My youngest is 17 now, but at that point in time, um, he was in preschool and uh, there were just a lot of irons in the fire uh, with my husband's health issues. So uh, it necessitated me taking a step back. Okay, so here you are, um, your husband needs open heart surgery. You have five small children. Uh, you have a business and a job opportunity on the table. So what, how did it, this kind of pan out in this area? Like what happened next? Yes, what happened next? <laughs> so <laughs> so um, in the interim, between the time that my husband uh, had his open heart surgery and uh, me having a life altering uh, event occur as well, was really a time of uh, great stress and challenge in our family, um, both as a married couple and um, with a large family. And uh, probably between the period of 2008 until 2011, we both went through some extremely difficult times, uh, both on a personal basis with regard to our individual health and uh, also uh, with our oldest daughter. And so um, between that, that three-year period, uh, my husband, um, after his open heart surgery, um, developed um, bacterial endocarditis and nearly died from it. Uh, our oldest daughter uh, was diagnosed with um, cystic fibrosis. So she was a late diagnosis and sort of the PSD resistance at the end there was I had back-to-back uh, -back, uh, mini strokes in November and December of 2011. Oh my God. So yeah, <laughs> I think one of those would have been enough to put somebody over the edge and I got to experience all, all three in addition to the, um, the, uh, the aortic aneurysm repair that, that my husband had had surgery for. Uh, so that was really, um, I spent a lot of time in the hospital as a spouse, as a parent, and um, ultimately as a patient. And one thing I can say during that time is that my perspective uh, really went through a big shift. And I began to recognize that although all those three things had happened in rapid succession, um, that I had always approached nursing and patient care from the sick model of healthcare. So the person already has heart disease or they already have um, a leaky valve or they already have pick a condition and or diagnosis. And I started thinking about my own situation, particularly with the TIAs. And I realized that there were many other people, um, particularly moms who were ignoring um, obvious signs of health changes. Excuse me. 
ignoring obvious signs of health changes. And I had a unique opportunity to use my personal experience and my professional experience to approach um, health and wellness on the prevention side. And so that was really a catalyst uh, for me. So um, what did you do to kind of further pursue that interest or that desire to? Yes. So um, I started sort of forward and worked my way backward, meaning um, after my TIAs, I was on more than a half dozen different medications. And I'd never been on medication like that before. In fact, I remember very clearly going to CVS and buying a pill box like I'd seen my patients have or my grandparents have, you know, it's got the Saturday through Sunday. And each week on, on Sunday, I would load up the pill box for the next week. And when I first started doing that, I thought, oh, this is, this is really clever. This is so useful. And then uh, as I got further down the road, um, mind you, I was, um, so 2011, this was 10 years ago, I was 44 years old. And I had this realization, what am I doing? I'm 44. I should be in the prime of my life. What am I doing with the pillbox? <laughs> Uh, so I went to my doctor and I said, this is not acceptable. This is not how I want to live the rest of my life. And uh, one of the precipitating issues that I had uh, personally uh, was something called pernicious anemia. And they believe that that is what um, uh, sort of was the the point at which I developed the, the TIAs. And so I became very interested in taking a look at my nutrition. It was something that I knew that I had control over and something that I also knew that I was neglecting. So uh, I initially started out educating myself. I didn't have this idea that, oh, I was gonna go out and save the world. It was, I have an immediate need and I need to get things back on track and I wanna get off my medication. Uh, so I really started out as a way to educate myself. And I took to the internet as so many people do and was completely blown away by the amount of information and misinformation out there. Yeah, and my much. nursing, yes, too much. My, my, my nursing background, uh, helped me navigate what was misinformation, but time and time again, I thought, my gosh, what would the average person do that has no formal training? How would they possibly even begin to navigate this? So I did take um, sort of a broad level um, uh, introductory online course to nutrition and that sort of set the stage for subsequent um, uh, pursuit of uh, programs that offered credentialing. 
And I think it, this will probably speak to you as nurses. We are all about the credentials. Yes, we are. <laughs> and, and being um, uh, certified and credentialed, and uh, that means something to us. And I'm no exception. And so I began to search for uh, programs that were available to me that I could study in the evening time when my kids had gone to bed or that I could do online um, and still further my education. So I initially started um, with an advanced level certification in nutrition and nutrition coaching. And then uh, the um, National Board Certification for Health and Wellness Coaching emerged on the scene. And they partnered uh, with the, um, oh, of course, it's going to slip my mind now, but they partnered with the um, National Board of Medical Examiners to put together both a program and an exam uh, that would allow uh, me to have a um, board certification designation um, yeah. as a health and wellness coach. So uh, those things uh, then happened, you know, kind of one right after the other. Yeah, I'm kind of a sucker too for credentials and, and certificates and stuff. But you know what it is too? It's like, I want to feel like I've gotten a well-rounded understanding of everything. And if I do things on my own, I don't know if I hit all the marks that I need to hit. So I, I love it. <laughs> yes. I love those types yes. of programs. <laughs> I do too. I love the accountability. I love uh, having my knowledge tested, which that probably might sound strange to some people, but you know, tests to me are... Um, a way to validate that I have, in fact, put the time and the energy and effort into increasing my knowledge base. So I actually look forward to um, exams that measure that. And uh, one of the things that I really enjoyed about um, pursuing uh, my board certification in health and wellness coaching was that I not only had the self-study aspect, but I actually worked with a mentor. So I had someone that was uh, critiquing my uh, skill set and providing feedback in real time. And I'm so grateful both to the uh, mentors that I had, as well as to the clients that I was coaching at that time who allowed themselves to be recorded and, and and for the information to be used in that manner. It was, it was almost like having a preceptor in the hospital setting where you have someone standing at your shoulder saying, you know, you know, you're inserting an IV and you need to move a little to the left or a little to the right. It, it was great. It felt very hands-on. And then the exam at the end, um, was about four and a half hours long. Oh my God. And uh, yeah. So when I um, was notified that I passed the exam at that time, there were only uh, 1,200 other people in the US that had gone through that program. And so I was, I was pretty proud um, <laughs> to be able to add that <laughs> to, my, to my, my bag of tricks, so to speak. 
That's awesome. So now you went into this because you were searching for information. Did you know that you were going to start a business at this point or was, was this all personal growth? Yeah. So initially it was, it was personal. And as I was going through this journey, um, both of recovery uh, from my own uh, health scare and also going through um you know, as a spouse and a parent of, with, you know, two people very close to me going through difficult situations of their own. Uh, one of my very dear friends and um, my cousin actually said to me, oh, you should, um, you should start a blog on Facebook and share your story. And I remember laughing and saying, that is the most absurd thing I have ever heard. <laughs> like who wants to hear what a middle-aged mom of five is going through? I, I, ref I balked at it. She, she bugged me for at least six months. I was like, no, nobody wants to hear that. that that's ridiculous. And um, she eventually convinced me. And so for the first two years uh, that I had my Facebook business page, um, I really just was sharing my own personal journey, kind of my thoughts and feelings. And people started reaching out to me. And um, I'd never really thought of it as a business opportunity. It was just a way for me to express my emotions. But more and more, I was having people reach out to me. And I identified that there was really a gap in the medical system, that people have signs and symptoms. They, they have the foreknowledge, if you will, that something is different or something has changed. And there's a gap between when they begin to recognize that and when they eventually are in a situation where they need to seek help. And um, I thought, well, where is the person that can help them? Like, there's got to be someone. It didn't occur to me that that person could be me at that point in time. Um, I just thought, my gosh, there's so many people and their stories sound so similar. Um, why don't we have someone who can help them? And so it was really important for me to um, continue to maintain my nursing licensure and to uh, you know, stay in my lane or stay within my scope of practice. Uh, but I realized that I had an opportunity to help people um, ahead of time just by making simple changes in their lives and um, really taking ownership, if you will, of their own um, health and wellness. And so that's really what I focus on in my coaching is teaching people uh, how to um, take ownership and to advocate for themselves. And I'm a firm believer that my clients are the experts in their own bodies and that there may be things that they hadn't considered or uh, tools that they didn't um, realize were available to them or that they could tap into internally that would help 
guide them in their choices so that they could make healthier choices, healthier lifestyle changes, and really um, prevent a lot of what we see, you know, in the in the medical field, in the hospital side of things. Um, so let me ask you this. Is there a certain type of person that now comes to you for coaching? Like what type of clients do you end up attracting? Yes. Uh, the type of clients that I end up attracting primarily are busy professionals. Uh, also, I will see uh, women typically over the age of 40 who, um, and men also, but women more so, who will find themselves, uh, they've gone through the early years of child uh, rearing, and they are beginning to have more time and energy to turn the focus on themselves. And many of them are experiencing wake-up calls of their own. So it may not be a health situation like what I experienced, but they may find that they look in the mirror and don't recognize the person that they've become, or they are recalling who they quote unquote used to be uh, before life got crazy, or maybe um, there are changes in their primary relationships and uh, they're trying to understand how they got to that place and, and what they can do to change it. And then there are individuals that are very enlightened and forward thinking that have strong family histories of heart disease or adult onset diabetes um, <clears throat> or even stroke that don't want to follow in their parents' footsteps. So maybe they're caregivers for their parents and they are seeing firsthand what life um, with those diseases can look like and they want to chart a different course. Yeah. Uh, so I really get a, a range of people um, but their stories are, are very similar, just maybe the details are different. So, so how do people find you or how do they um, connect with you and, and um, request your services? What does that look like? Yes. So I'm everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, my website is uh, trishmarmo.com and um, I offer a uh, freebie actually on the website of 15 recipes you can download and make in 30 minutes or less. Um, which is uh, great for uh, busy moms and or moms who wear both hats uh, professionally and uh, raising uh, their children. Um, but uh, once you download that, uh, you have the option to get onto it or remain on uh, my email list. So I send out emails once or twice a month and cover a variety of topics. Um, I'm also on uh, Instagram, which is a newer platform for me, and I share health and wellness tips. I also discuss things like um, self-care, personal development, mental and emotional health, uh, the things that I refer to as the six pillars of deep health. And that's one thing that I think the 
fitness industry in general misses out on, and I and I think the medical industry too. Uh, there's a tendency to focus on just the illness um, or to focus on just one aspect that needs addressing. Like in my situation where I started to focus initially on uh, nutrition, but really um, human beings are multifaceted and there are other areas, you know, there's our relationships, our mental health, our emotional health, um, our existential health, and even our spiritual health. And if one or more of those things aren't um, in line with or aren't in congruence with the other, um, it's really hard to gain traction. And so I um, really focus on the whole person approach uh, rather than only focusing on nutrition or only focusing um, on exercise. So I'm on Instagram as fitness moments. Um, it's fitness and then mom in capital letters, moments, moments. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then on Facebook, um, you can find me there either by searching fitness moments or, uh, searching me by my name, Trish Marmo. Right. So is that how your clients find you, the people that sign up with you and, and they'll find you on Instagram or Facebook and then connect with you that way? Yes, absolutely. I do have individuals that will, um, that I might meet socially that will do a Google search. Um, and Google search Trish Marmo and my, you know, website will come up there. Uh, majority of my clients are also um, um, great referrals. So I love that my clients refer me to other people that, that are like them. And, um, and every once in a while, I may have someone that finds me on LinkedIn uh, or who, you know, comes to me through some other avenue, I say that it's, it's a small world we live in. Um, so I welcome any opportunity uh, to connect with people, even if they don't uh, become clients. Many of the clients that I eventually work with are individuals that I met, you know, four, five, six years ago. And um, they you know, we get to know each other on social media. Uh, they consume the free information and then something changes in their lives. And they say, Hey, you know, I've been listening to you all these years and I'd, I'd love to hear more about what you do. Um, one thing I would really like to share is that I've begun offering women's wellness retreats. And so that was something that, um, I, was uh, passionate about. And then the pandemic hit in uh, 2020. And so I put the brakes on that, but I realized, um, particularly this year, uh, that people really crave connection. And so it was an opportunity for me to offer um, a place that women could come and gather and connect with other like-minded women feel supported, feel nurtured and poured into, and um, really just have an opportunity to do something 
for themselves. I think that that is oftentimes our greatest challenge uh, when we wear so many hats to, to give to ourselves. And so um, it really is a great gift to me to be able to give to other women in that way, uh, but to have them uh, join a retreat and to be in an all-inclusive uh, setting where they don't have to worry about transportation or meals or who's planning what. They basically show up and for four days, they get to be the center of attention. Um, and so that's really been uh, a wonderful add to my current um, programs and services. So how often do you offer those? I offer those four times a year. Uh, my next two retreats are coming up in April of 2022 and August of 2022. Uh, the uh, 2021 retreats were held in Santa Barbara, California uh, this past year, but I recently um, purchased a um, property on six acres that um, I had my eye on as, as a place for my upcoming retreats. And that's in the Hilton Head, uh, South Carolina area. So oh, wow. it's on the, it's beautiful. It's on the May River, uh, 20 minutes or so from the Savannah Airport. Uh, there's also the Hilton Head Airport and all the major airlines fly in through there. Um, so I'm really excited. I'm, I'm gearing up for my next um, April retreat, which is going to be on the 20, I believe it's the 28th or 29th, whatever that went last Wednesday is. Um, and I'm excited to be able to uh, host women in, in a beautiful low country environment. So oh, I love that. Do you live in the Hilton Head area or do you, is that just a, I, I am currently, um, so I'm a native Floridian and I'm currently in Florida. The youngest of my five children is finishing up uh, high school this year. So uh, he'll be graduating in um, the end of May. And I have known for a long time that I wanted to end up in the Carolinas. And I didn't know if I was going to be 80 or <laughs> 65 and retired. I didn't know when it was going to happen. I did not that it, expect it to happen now, um, but the opportunity presented itself and, and it was just, it was one of those too good to be true. I can't pass this up opportunities. So I have been dividing my time between Florida and South Carolina, uh, getting the property ready for uh, the upcoming retreat. It's going to be spectacular. It's going to be, um, the content will be similar and the retreat itself will be structured similarly. Uh, I have guest speakers uh, that I invite to attend. Uh, one, in fact, is a neurologist and associate professor um, at a hospital up in New York. And um, he speaks on neuroplasticity and how our diet and lifestyle uh, factors affect our brains as we age. So fantastic speaker. He'll, he'll be speaking at the April retreat as well. 
Oh, awesome. Um, how many people are... What's that? How many people or how many women do you have at these retreats? Uh, typically anywhere between uh, eight to 10. Uh, I really like to keep the number small to foster a um, very um, casual and connected uh, environment. I'm, I'm really fond of saying that the women who come to my retreats come as strangers, but leave as friends. And so uh, many of the women really do make um, fast and deep uh, friendships with one another. Uh, one of my retreat attendees um, is getting married next year, as a matter of fact. And uh, the ladies that she attended the retreat with are so excited to um, support her and and be involved in that. And so it's just a wonderful thing. Um, I think sometimes it can be a challenge or women worry about the challenges of, oh, you get a bunch of women together who don't know each other. That, that's potentially a recipe for disaster. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm very, I'm very conscientious about the type of environment that I want to create and want to foster. And so I do pre-screen um, prior to the retreats. I have conversations with everyone. And if I don't think that that particular individual would be a right fit, I um, let them know that I don't think that they would be a right fit because it's incredibly important to me that if someone is going to not only invest in themselves, but take the time away from their families and their busy schedules, uh, that they um, are in an environment that is um, peaceful and relaxing and supportive. I would feel horrible if someone came to one of my retreats and there was some kind of drama. Um, right. That just wouldn't work well for me at all. Uh, so I try um, to be very um, conscientious about that and lay the found work or foundation rather ahead of time. Awesome. Well, Trish, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your information with us. And if, if nurses are out there listening or any, even if you're a non-nurse listening, um, where can they find you? How can they connect with you and even get your coaching? Yes, absolutely. So the best way to reach me um, is via email. And uh, they can send that email to Trish, T-R-I-S-H, at trishmarmo.com. So Marmo is spelled M-A-R-M-O. I answer all of uh, my own emails and would be happy to schedule um, a call. I call them my coffee chats. So there's no obligation, no pressure. It's just an opportunity to get on a call, have a conversation about uh, what their challenges are and uh, see if we're a good fit and whether um, I offer something that uh, can help them achieve their goals. So um, email is definitely the best way. Uh, they can also reach me um, on any of my social media channels. So um, Instagram and Facebook, uh, 
um, I can be reached by uh, direct messenger or um, they can reach me on my work phone number, um, which is, um, it used to be on my website, um, but I'll give it to you here. It is um, 925-389-6957. And uh, if they want to reference your podcast in the message, uh, either if they reach out via phone or uh, via direct messenger or email, um, then that'll just help me connect the dots. Awesome. All right, Trish, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I really enjoyed being here and thanks so much for um, providing a platform uh, for me to share my information and excitement. And I love um, what you do. I really think that um, so many nurses are looking for creative ways to use their skills and, um, and really uh, hone in on that creative side of themselves as well. So yeah. I really love um, the work that you do and what you are providing as well. Yeah, thanks. And I, you know, just to kind of piggyback off of that, I love people like you that are doing this that aren't focused on sickness, but actually preventing people from getting sick in the first place. So thank you. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. You're welcome. And if you uh, know anybody that wants to come to a retreat, let Absolutely. me know. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Great.